Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. I don't know about you, but I haven't stopped smiling since late Sunday evening when we ran out the clock and did something I didn't think we could do two years in a row. Win four games in four days and repeat as Big Ten Tournament champions. It was sweet and made even sweeter that we took down Sparty on Saturday to get to the championship game. My guest on our game day segment this week is Michael Spath, host of Inside the Huddle on WTKA Ann Arbor. When Michael joins us, we'll hear his thoughts on what has been another riveting regular season of Michigan hoops, and we'll also catch up on some of the other news during what is a very busy time in the Michigan athletic scene. First, a few news and notes to get us started. At this time last year, we weren't even sure Michigan would make it into the tournament. We needed a good run in the Big Ten tournament to have a chance. Then there was the plane crash, and four memorable wins in four days in D.C. that culminated in a Big Ten tournament championship. We carried that momentum into the NCAAs and came oh so close to finishing in the Elite Eight. It was a season we will all remember forever. When this season started, expectations were not quite as high. Moe and Rockman were back, as was sharpshooter Duncan Robinson, but they were surrounded by a lot of new faces and a lot more question marks. Myself, I thought if we got better in February and landed in the NCAAs, it would be a great year. I had no idea John Beeline would follow up last year with a February run that would once again reaffirm his ranking as one of the finest coaches in college basketball. Coach B is 65 and in his 11th year here in Ann Arbor. It won't last forever, but while it does, we best enjoy and appreciate the man and what he does. These are good times for Michigan basketball and we fans. Who knows what awaits us in the big dance? Wherever we are seated, wherever the committee sends us, Coach B says we will be ready, and I for one can't wait. Michael Spath has been around the Michigan basketball scene for a long time. First as associate editor and writer at the Wolverine magazine, and now as the host of Inside the Huddle on WTKA Ann Arbor. Mike thinks this Michigan team might be saving its best for the NCAAs, and we could be in for a ride in the coming weeks. He joins us next to talk about that and much more here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Back with us on our game day segment is Michael Spath, host of Inside the Huddle with Michael Spath on WTKA Ann Arbor, Michael, great to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me. It's uh, pretty good timing. A lot of times when you and I talk, we're talking about, uh, you know, tougher days for Michigan athletics, but this is not one of them. No, it is not. What a great weekend. And, uh, you know, going into the Big Ten tournament, I thought, I don't know if we can do this again, four games in four days in the tournament, but it was four wins and another Big Ten championship. It was just so sweet to watch, wasn't it, Michael? It really was, and I was, you know, I was having this conversation with uh, my brother, both Michigan grads and both Michigan fans, and uh, was asking about, you know, was last year more fun or this year more fun? And, you know, last year was so unexpected, you just kind of enjoyed the ride. And I think because the expectations 
Uh, we're actually maybe a little bit higher this year because of the type of team that Michigan had going into the tournament. Uh, it was, I don't know, I, I just really enjoyed watching this team play. So many, the, the cast of characters is, and I'm, I know we're going to get into it, but uh, it's a really interesting group, um, a lot of different personalities, and it was just honestly a blast to watch, and especially, I mean, I hate to say it, but I love to say it too, going through Michigan State and, and dealing them their second loss of the season uh, makes it extra special. Oh, absolutely. That made it uh, just a bit sweeter. And, you know, watching uh, the game on Sunday, actually watching the entire season, I have enjoyed this team. There have been a, a few blips in the radar, but watching them develop makes you appreciate what an architect and what a great coach we have in John Beeline. You just you have to appreciate this, Michael. You really do. I mean, I was talking to Chris Young, who's a you know, former Michigan basketball player that, that appears on my show every week, and he was just saying, you know, the thing that he loves about this team is that fact that it's a team. And we were kind of talking, we were comparing it a little bit to the uh, the Detroit Pistons team that won the NBA championship, I believe it was 2004. And there were no superstars. There were a lot of, like, really big time. There were a lot of big players, Chauncey Billups and, uh, and Rasheed Wallace and Rip Hamilton, you know, became a household name. But there's no superstars. And you look at this team, and it's really about – the five guys on the floor and so many guys playing the role. I mean, John Teske playing his role and uh, Jordan Poole and Isaiah Livers. Everybody just buys in. I mean, I think this is a team that Bo Schembechler would love. Anytime you can say that about a basketball or football team, that's when you know you've hit it uh, pretty good because uh, Bo is obviously the, the standard here at Michigan, and uh, this is right up his alley. Well, when, when we look and talk about the uh, development of a team that John Beeline does better than anyone in college basketball, let's talk about those parts. Uh, Xavier Simpson, who started the year as the point guard, then went to the bench and came back. He has developed into an incredible leader. Abdur Rahman has just been rock solid. And then we have Mo Wagner, of course. The pieces just fit together so well. They really do. I mean, and, and that's it's it's when you have individuals who look at their own particular skill set and they look in the mirror and say, look, I don't need to be the guy that scores 18 points per game and gets all the headlines. I mean, I'm Xavier Simpson. Now, Xavier Simpson uh, during this uh, tournament was was a lot better offensively uh, than he had been in, in the weeks before that. But uh, he, he went into it and saying, I can frustrate the hell out of the opposing guards I'm going to go against and that's what I'm going to do in this in this tournament. And that's what he did. And that's a big, you know, big reason why Michigan had success. Muhammad Ali Abdul Rahman, I love where his game is at right now because um, he's really become uh, that de facto leader. And not that he needs to take the last shot because they haven't been in a situation where that's come up. But he's the guy that you want the ball in his hands at the end because he's going to uh, he's going to be your calming presence that just gets the job done. I mean, Duncan Robinson. Uh, knows what his role is right now. He's hitting threes, but he's also getting the basket. He's playing a lot better defense. The evolution of players from where the season started, now that's what you want. That's what you want every single year. You want to be able to say when you get done with the season that we got the very most out of every single player and they grew their games exponentially. And that's what's happening right now. And that's why so many people are starting to jump on board and say that Michigan could be not only a team that, that you know makes a run at the Sweet 16, but could be a Final Four team and a legit dark horse for the national championship just because everybody is bought in to doing what they do best, 
And what they do best is making Michigan a really, really tough team to beat. Well, right now, Michael, do you think winning the Big Ten championship and closing the season as we did has moved us up to a three or four seed in the big dance? I think at the very least, Michigan is a four seed right now. I don't know about a three seed. And I I really, you know, I've got to say that the NCAA committee came up with all these new criteria, the quadrant one wins (laughs) if you beat a uh, top 50 team in the RPI, it's a quadrant one win. Uh, if you beat, you know, one on the road, even the top 75 on the road, you get you get credit for it. I mean, they came up with all these criteria to try to make their jobs easier. But here's where I come down on this, Mike, is that if you take college football's model, and I, don't, we, I know we don't always love college football's model, but if you were to say right now, okay, the top four seats, the four rounds, the top 16 teams, if I'm looking at the tournament right now and I say, who are my top 16 teams in the country? Who are the 16 teams that deserve a top four seed? Mm-hmm. Then Michigan has to be in there. My, then I go down a little bit further. Okay, who are the top 12 teams in the country that deserve a three, you know, in the, in the, in the high, first three seeds? Michigan has to be in there. If I honestly went at it, I could say, who are the top eight teams in the country right now? And I think Michigan deserves to be there. So I, that's not what's going to happen. They're going to judge the entire body of work, and I get that. But at the same time, if you're asking me who is the best teams in the country, who are the best teams in the country, Michigan's in the top ten right now, no doubt. And I would argue that they're probably in the top six right now. I think they deserve to be a two seed, but they'll very likely be a, a high four or maybe a low three. It's going to, a lot of it's going to take, uh, determine on, obviously, how the next week or so shakes out right too, Mike with all these other conference mm-hmm. tournaments playing and where teams lose and all that. And so, uh, yeah, I think I think the four is the lowest, um, you know, that they'll go, and maybe the three is the highest that they'll go. Do you think we have to be a three seed to open the tournament at Little Caesars Arena? You know, that's, that I don't really know. I've got to be honest, um, seeding in terms of where they put teams is not my strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of people that do that far better than me. Um, I think one of the uh, one of the honest things you have to do as a sports reporter uh, or a sports radio show host as I am is is admit when you don't know exactly how they figure things out and just otherwise it's just speculative guessing on my part. Uh, and I have a good feel for the, how they do the the brackets, but to say where they're going to put Michigan, I really don't know. I'd love to see them in the Little Caesars Arena, but to tell you the truth, I mean they were in, in New York this past week. And wherever they go, they're going to have a bit of a following, and, and hopefully it's in a bigger city, uh, one of the ones that, that has a huge alumni base for Michigan, uh, because I think you'll see the, the fans come out in droves and, and create a home court advantage like they did at Madison Square Garden this past weekend. Well, CBS crew talked about this on Sunday, Michael, and I'm sure we've all thought about it, but we're going to have a week and a half uh, off now and playing so well. Is that good? or bad because of how well we are playing? You know, it's the million-dollar question, Mike, and it's uh, interesting because I was giving Jim Delaney, before this tournament started on Thursday, uh, I was giving uh, Jim Delaney a lot of grief on my radio show about how um, this is one of the dumber moves that he's made in his big-time commissioner career, uh, ranking it right up there with you know letting Notre Dame go to the ACC and that kind of arrangement they have and uh, some of the expansion that they've done. And when you looked at the tournament, how it unfolded, it actually looked like a big success for the Big Ten. Madison Square Garden was packed every single night. The crowds were into it. The New York media descended on uh, on on the Big Ten and gave it a lot of gave it a lot of attention. 
all the all the websites, you know, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, CBS, Sporting News, USA Today, everybody was there because no one else was going on. And so it got all this great attention. But now you have, at the very earliest, you have, what, I think it's 11 days between games mm-hmm. for Michigan and Purdue. That's the very earliest that, that they can play. And we're going to see what happens. I think a smart guy like John Beeline is going to, I mean, it's all about the mentality you take, right? When he's, If he takes the mentality like, hey, look, this is a great opportunity for us to get healthy, to get Isaiah Livers healthy, to get our guys proper rest, and he approaches it that way and then says, but we're going to keep, we're going to stay sharp. We're going to do the things we need to do. I mean, I think it can be a benefit, and here's where it's going to help the Big Ten. I do think this is that the Big Ten, unfortunately, is only going to have four teams in the, in the NCAA tournament Maybe a fifth that somehow Penn State or Nebraska squeaks in there, but it's not going to happen. But you look where those four Big Ten teams are. Michigan State is likely a two or three. Michigan's likely a three or four. Purdue's likely a two or a three. And uh, Ohio State's probably a five. And so all those Big Ten teams, the first round, they're playing teams that they're going to be favored by by a lot. So it's not like they're going in a situation where you've got an eight, nine, a seven, ten, uh, or they are a 10, and all that, all that time off can cause rust, they should be in a position where they're, they're playing a team that they're, I don't say a lot better than, but they're going to be favored, they're going to be the better team. And if they can get past that first game and a lot of those favorable matchups, then that will help get them going for the rest of the tournament. Well, we have a week to uh, wait and see what happens. Of course, uh, Selection Sunday coming up next Sunday. Let's switch gears and talk about Coach Kim Barnes-Arico and her team, Michael. In many ways, a very, very good season. Wheels came off a, a bit late in the year, and they went out in the second round of the Big Ten tournament. Have they done enough to get into the ladies' big dance? You know, I think that that victory over Maryland, Maryland's a top-20 RPI team in Michigan's final regular season game, and then not getting bounced in the first game of the Big Ten tournament uh, they had a, a huge 30-point victory over Penn State. I think you used the word perfectly, just enough. They did just enough to probably get into the NCAA tournament. But I tell you what, if they don't get in the tournament, they're not going to be able to. Last year they were kind of ticked and they pointed at all these other teams that they thought they were better than. But if they don't get in again, it's their own damn fault, frankly, because all like all you want to do is give the NCAA tournament – just don't give them a reason to keep you out. And going to that Maryland game, they lost four of their final five. Uh, so they were they were two and four in their final six. Then they went one and one in the Big Ten tournament and lost to a Nebraska team that in the RPI at least they were 40, you know, 30, 30 points ahead of. Uh, they were in their, you know, Michigan was in the low 30s, Nebraska was in the high 50s. And they gave them a reason. They just gave them a reason. They keep on doing this year after year after year where they have these huge collapses down the stretch. And so – yeah, you've got at some point, you've got to take care of business at the end of the season, and they haven't quite done that the way that they need to. And uh, honestly, to me, Mike, if they don't get into the NCAA tournament, then I think they need to decline the, the NIT because they need to stop accepting the NIT as a consolation prize. There is no consolation prize anymore uh, for not making the NCAA tournament. they just got to find a way in. And so we're all keeping our fingers crossed. Of course, we won't know the answer to that for a little bit of time either. Uh, that uh, that selection show takes place after uh, the men. I believe it's on the it's a week from today, mm-hmm. uh, and so it's it's gonna it's gonna take a while. We're gonna have to sit here and wait. 
the good news is that we don't have to sit here and wait for the men's side no so uh you're right the selection show for the ladies a week from today so it's uh, going to be tight so we'll just wait and see yeah if i was a michigan fan i would just be rooting against every other team that's in the uh you know the the 40s of the rpi (laughs) yeah that's what we have to do well another uh things on the scene on the athletic scene uh, michael very busy right now hockey swept wisconsin over the weekend now advances to the big 10 semis against ohio state down there this weekend you know, whatever happens, uh, Mel Pearson has done a great job in his first year. We're sitting at number eight in the pairwise rankings. This team, we think, is a lock for the NCAA tournament. And that is better than I think we expected, all of us, in October when the season got underway, Michael. I mean, it's better than we expected when we got to December. Yeah. Uh, and this team was right around 500. It's better than we expected when they got to uh, January. Um, I remember having a conversation with uh, my colleague Zach Shaw uh, on the show and talking about, you know, what could Michigan do to put themselves in a position where they could maybe squeak in as a four seed as the 15th or 16th team in the NCAA tournament. And we created a scenario where we kind of laughed and said, all right, could they do it? Yes. Is it likely? No. Well, since then, they've gone above and beyond. I mean, they're on this, uh, you know, long winning streak uh, I don't believe they've lost in February, in February or March. Uh, they're just playing out of their minds good hockey. And, and you mentioned Mel Pearson, and uh, he is the easiest pick for Big Ten Coach of the Year and maybe the history of the Big Ten. Um, and frankly, he should be the National Coach of the Year too because what he's done uh, with a program that a year ago was under 500 and was really uh, looked like it was in a bad spot. I mean, I love Red Berenson. I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, but the there were a lot of players I'd heard from a lot of parents where there were some open revolts and they were ready to to leave the program and uh, guys that didn't even have NHL futures that were just tired of uh, kind of the mediocrity that had taken over the program and uh, and so Mel Pearson comes in gets everybody to buy in and now they're it's, it's very similar to the to the to the basketball team there are a couple of really good players on this Michigan hockey team Hayden Levine the goalie. Tony Calderon, their, their senior captain, has got 23 goals. Uh, Kuba Marodi uh, and their true freshman, uh, Quinn Hughes, is a, who's a defenseman and arguably probably one of the top ten draft picks uh, next year. Uh, but, but it is really about the team. They've got so many different guys that are playing their best hockey right now and that have bought into this team attitude, and that's why they're having success. And we will uh, see the uh, Big Ten semifinals coming up against Ohio State this weekend. That is the next step, and that should be exciting. As we uh, said at the top of the show, Michael, a lot going on over the weekend and the last week on the Michigan athletics scene. Wrestling finished third in the Big Ten tournament over the weekend. That was held at the Breslin, uh, which was outstanding considering how absolutely loaded the Big Ten is this year. Well, absolutely, and, and it's incredible because if you would have said to me going into the, the wrestling championships who was going to be uh, the champion, the individual champion for Michigan, everybody would have talked, of course, about Adam Kuhn, the heavyweight, uh, although he had a matchup uh, with uh, Snyder from Ohio State yet again, and these, these two guys are destined to meet in the national championships, and um, you know Kuhn beat him in the regular season, Snyder got him in the Big Ten uh, championships here, and you're hoping that Kuhn will get him uh, in the national championships and be an NCAA champion. And uh, they had a couple of individual winners to finish third. I've got to say it's it's really gratifying for people that are friends and, and fans of Joe McFarland because uh, when David Brandon was cleaning house a couple of years ago, uh, you know I remember him him 
having some meetings and essentially telling people Joe McFarlane had, you know, a year to get things going again, or he was going to, you know, he was going to sweep him out like he did a lot of the coaches uh, during that era who, who Brandon felt were underperforming and, uh, and they, they stuck with Joe uh, and it's been a little bit of a slow build, uh, but these last couple of years, the program's been getting better and better, finishing third in the Big Ten this year. And my goodness, uh, Mike, when you look at the national championships and how good the Big Ten was, I mean, all year long, they had five, six teams ranked in the top ten. I don't think it's out of the question for Michigan to to essentially take their third-place Big Ten finish and finish third nationally, uh, which would be quite an accomplishment, and to have a couple of their individual wrestlers end up on the podium. So, um, you're right. It's been a fun time. Softball is winning. Baseball had a good weekend. Uh, even even football is seemingly creating some positive momentum. And uh, I saw that uh, I saw that Shea Patterson uh, tweeted out uh, this morning. Hey, thanks Michigan basketball for getting things rolling, uh, and maybe like a sign of things to come or something like that. Let's let's hope that that's definitely the case for Michigan football in the fall. Oh, amen. Uh, just a note on softball before we wrap it, Mike. They're off to an 11 and six start. Took four games over the weekend out in the Judy Garman Classic in California. And here it is again. The cast changes, but the results are the same. Carol Hutchins just keeps it rolling, doesn't she? Best coach at Michigan. And that and and that's saying something because John Beeline is there right now and Jim Harbaugh is there right now and Mark Rosen is there right now and Mel Pearson. But, I mean, when you look at the competitive disadvantage that exists in sports like softball and baseball where the best players are coming from the west southwest and southeast and you can't uh, i mean michigan softball doesn't practice outside uh until at least in their own home you know in ann arbor they don't practice outside until you know mid to late march they don't have any home games until late march uh you're right the cast of characters do change every year uh, you kind of just have to, you know, get to know a, a new crop and a new set of pitchers and some new hitters. But year after year after year, it's a top 15 program, usually top 10 program, uh, wins the Big Ten, makes a run uh, at the at the Women's College World Series. And the thing that I love about uh, Hutch is she is ageless. I mean, you know, she just seems like she could be go- she could seems like she could be going another 20 years. And we are so so thankful and so fortunate. Uh, that she has been the program and the representative of the University of Michigan. And it just goes to show you that sometimes good things come uh, from Michigan State. Man, I know we haven't been paying attention to baseball and softball yet because of uh, March Madness and all, but it's uh, they'll be home playing in just a couple of weeks getting the Big Ten season underway. And I know my listeners are probably going to get tired of me talking about freshman pitcher uh, Megan Bobian, but she's from my hometown, my home parish, my little grade school of St. Charles in Newport, Michigan. She's a big deal down there, Michael, and she's off to a 10-2 and start. Easily could be 12-0. She is a special kind of a pitcher. I haven't seen her pitch yet. I don't think, um, well, I don't think anybody, any of us have unless you watch the games mm-hmm. online, and so I'm really curious. Uh, I'm really excited, Mike, to see her once they uh, open up the Big Ten season. I think it's I think their first Big Ten is the Purdue one uh, last weekend of March. First, I mean, it goes into April 1st. And so, no, I mean, every year, you know, they pack, uh, they pack U of M softball stadium, alumni field, and, and I can't wait. I mean, it's really cool right? because, uh, you know, they, they lost their starting pitcher and to bring Megan in. And you never know how a freshman is going to handle that. And, and certainly there have been some cases the last couple of years where they've had heralded freshman pitchers 
uh, that have been relegated to, you know, thir- third on the depth chart or uh, maybe the second starter, but haven't been the first. Uh, and so um, pretty exciting to watch. And yeah, you'd have the, be- you'd have a better scouting report than me. Um, I've never seen her pitch, but uh, certainly excited to, to see it. Well, she's a lefty, and we're all going to get to see her soon. She's a very, very good pitcher. She has a beautiful spinner. just drops off at the plate, so I'll quit going on and on about her. We're going to hear enough about her. No, hey, <laughs> listen, absolutely. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. You know what? That's It's it's important to call attention. As you said, we don't talk enough baseball and softball. It's important to call attention to the other sports in Michigan that don't get that uh, that type of spotlight uh, because you have great athletes. And one of the things that Michigan prides itself on is that Director's Cup is always finishing in the top ten. I mean, you look at the other programs that are finishing in the top ten, and you know maybe outside of Notre Dame, every other program is from California or Florida or Texas, uh, and then Michigan's always up there. Michigan um, wants to be doesn't want to just be great in three sports; it wants to be great in thirty sports. And and to do that, to to finish in the top ten in Directors Cup, you need baseball and softball and field hockey and soccer and swimming and diving to do those things. And if you look across the board. I mean, we, we spend so much time with Jim Harbaugh and John Beeline and Mel Pearson's team. But look across the board, and there's so many exciting things going on every single weekend for Michigan athletics. Oh, absolutely. Of course, uh, we mentioned spring practice is coming up. Football will be uh, back as a main topic in a couple of weeks. But for now, we have men's basketball, women's basketball, hockey, wrestling, and we could even go on and on about swimming and diving. It's a great time on the University of Michigan athletics scene right now with teams playing at very elite levels. So I hope we all get out and enjoy it and take advantage of uh, just what great programs we have at this university. Well, this is a good week, too, because there is no football. There is no basketball. There is a hockey game, but it's not until Saturday night. And so uh, if you're looking for some, some positive Michigan uh, you know, news, jump on MGO Blue and read more about the wrestling team and read more about the softball team and, and, and catch up on your highlights on MGO Blue and, uh, and, and, you know, get to know. We're going to have the baseball and softball assistant coaches on this week. Uh, I hope that we can talk to uh, Joe McFarland for wrestling. So uh, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be expanding our palette and it's a great time for Michigan fans to expand theirs, too. Absolutely it is. My guest today on our game day segment has been Michael Spath, host of Inside the Huddle on WPKA Ann Arbor, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon. As always, Michael, a pleasure having you on with us, and we already look forward to our next visit. Sounds good, Mike. Thanks very much. And hopefully the next time we're talking, we're talking about a Final Four uh, for the basketball team and a Frozen Four for the hockey team and, and NCAA tournament inclusion. For the women's basketball team. There you go. We all hope that. Thank you, Michael. Quick hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, we get to relax a bit this week as far as basketball is concerned. Sunday will be selection day for the men, and most of the bracketologists have us as a number four seed right now, but a few see us as a number three. It looks like a long shot to end up playing at the LCA for the opening round. Most of the experts think Michigan State, or even Purdue, will open the tournament here in Detroit. 
The women will have to wait until Monday evening to learn their fate. Will they have done enough to get into the NCAA tournament? I think so, but remember last year, we thought we were in, and we ended up in the WNIT. Softball will be back in the Sunshine State this weekend in the FAU tournament, where they'll play five games. They are 13-6 and six heading into this weekend's action and ranked number 25. Baseball is 3-8, and eight and they're going to be down in Nashville this weekend for a three-game set against Lipscomb. Wrestling will have two weeks to get ready for the NCAAs that are taking place down in Cleveland. They finished third in the Big Ten Championships over the weekend behind Penn State and Ohio State. Hockey will play number 6 Ohio State down in Columbus on Saturday night in the Big Ten Tournament semifinals. They look like a lock for the NCAA tournament, but could improve their seating with a win in Columbus this weekend. Our free show app is available from iTunes and Google Play. If you get the show from iTunes, make sure you rate or comment on the program. It does help a lot. That will do it for another week here on The Michigan Man. By this time next week, we'll know where we're headed in the NCAA tournament both the men and women. So make sure you join us next week as we get pumped up for the tournaments and keep you updated on softball and baseball and how they're doing as they continue to play down south for another couple of weeks. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Thanks for taking time to join us this week and make sure you tell your family and friends about the Michigan Man. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Until next time, take care and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!